Stories make the world. That is how the world works. We live inside stories. I think a good story has to make you feel emotional. It's got to touch the real core of you as a person. I think the key thing is that stories need to come from different people. Every time I read a good story, it gives me a different perspective of the world. And it's how we imagine an alternative. Stories are at the heart of all great moments of change. So that's how we perceive the world, it's how it makes sense to us. We can't live without stories. If you want to tell your story, get in touch with Work in Word on hello at workinword.co.uk. Welcome to another episode of A Bit of Swaz. Today we'll be discussing those six results, six unbeaten Daniel and uh, four wins in a row, two two draws. So a great start for Mick McCarthy and his men and the boys. Um, Remember, we're at Swaz Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Remember to like, share, comment and subscribe. And big shout out to our sponsors as usual. Get on John and Sophie King of Move Sounds and... A quick heads up to Orchard and also work in wood. So, without further ado, Mr. Tight, my sidekick. Six unbeaten, four wins in a row. Yeah. Let's get straight to it. What are you thinking? I know this is the word I say at the beginning of every podcast where we've won a game, but I'm buzzing, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, 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 it's nice to be positive, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice to watch. For me, what's most significant is the shape of the team. Yeah. And the the way they're they're already in the correct positions to be able to press the game or to put pressure on or whether it's defensively to make a challenge or make a block. Never more evident than last night. I thought Nelson was magnificent last night. Yeah. You know, he was the, the back three have been brilliant, but I thought him um you know, making the blocks he did. I think on Sky they give MOM to Harry Wilson, who I thought had a quiet game, great goal, but quiet game. He did, game. yeah. I thought the back three were magnif, along with the goalkeeper, and Nelson in particular I thought was really good. So, But nice to be talking positive. It is, yeah. It feels, um, I feel reborn, like, you know, <laughs> like, a new, like a new man. Like I've just, I don't know. I've just had a treatment that's taken years off my life, colonic irrigation or something. I feel wonderful. So thanks, <laughs> thanks for that, Mick. The fo- Mick, thought it's fantastic. Mick, Mick McCarthy, the footballing equivalent of colonic irrigation. But look, it feels, you know, it's a little bit like when Warnock came in, we were just shape, you know, okay, Trollope put us in a, not a similar shape to McCarthy, but a three at the back shape. It was different around mm. the rest of the pitch. Mm. But we were we were directionless, weren't we? We were trying to do something which mm. wasn't working. Warnock came in, shook us up. Identity came back. We speak a lot about philosophy. Mm. We talk about mm. Cardiff's identity being hardworking, winning the battle, putting in the effort all over the pitch because that's what the fans lo- love to see and then creating the platform for your creative players to do their thing. And you know that's Absolutely. that's what we saw last night, really, because it wasn't a you know it wasn't a sexy game, but we scored two sexy goals. We were so solid, weren't we? Well, that's 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 what I was going to come to. I think it was for me, it was the defensive shape. I love the fact that Murphy and Wilson kept dropping in. Yeah, uh, Murphy would you know he would join in with with Kiefer as much as possible, but then he would tuck in on that left-hand side, and uh, Wilson then would drop centrally. And we just looked like a hard nut to crack, right? 
uh, and the difference between how we were and how we are under the two managers is almost nigh on unbelievable, really, because now I, like, uh, as a pundit and a former player, I can see, like I just mentioned, the starting positions, Dan. It, it, you know, people don't look at it as, oh, you know, you might say, well, what do you mean? But the starting position is so important. If I'm a half a yard too far away, when I go to close, the person is able to just shift the ball against my weight. I'm going one way, goes another, or he's able to bend the ball around me, uh, things like that. The, the point is, if I can't put pressure on the ball, then everything beyond me suffers. Right? Yeah. And for me, that's what I was saying about um, Neil Harris's team. It was like, they, you know, what you've seen in a matter of weeks in the Mick McCarthy, you can see they've worked on what they're trying to do. And the Neil Harris's team, I was looking, thinking, I said, I, I didn't think they were, they must have been getting coached, but and I can't even put it down to inexperience because Neil Harris has been a manager for four or five years before mm. he came to us. But, you know, I think what you're seeing now under Mick McCarthy is far more experience and a direction and an understanding of what's required from each and every position and each and every player. And we just, like you said, we looked really solid last night, but sexy goals but a very good, solid performance, good old-fashioned, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good point about, you know, I think sometimes people think pressing only began with, like, the Gegen press and Jurgen Klopp, when, if you look at strikers like Ian Rush in the Liverpool team, his first job was to defend and get in people's faces, you know? So it's, yeah. it's not pressing isn't, isn't a new thing, is it? But Absolutely. if you're in the right place to begin with... It's easier for you to press because you don't have to move move as far, you know. So and and and, it's, and you've got to remember it's a it's a ten man thing. Going to last night's game, I thought it was like the substitutions. I thought were really clever, like putting Bakuna on mm. in, a, in an advanced position. Do you know what I mean? Where he can rat around and close people down and keep that pressure on because you know last fifteen minutes was a just yeah. a bit of a dog scrap really. And I felt, I, th- I felt, Nathan, uh, and I like Nathan. He's a great lad, Nathan Jones. He was, uh, he's a former Cardiff City lad as well. But I thought he, w- he was wrong in yeah. go- trying to match us up. You know, we had got in his head, right? We had got in his head in the sense that when I seen him go, same system as ours, I thought, oh, he's, he's worried about the size and stature. And then he, I, I watched his interview and he said afterwards, they're so big and powerful and what have you, we just tried to match him. And I'm like, well, no, yeah, yeah, speed yeah. beats power, right? You should have gone with your, you know, if you had players who could play, you know, on that pitch as well, stick to your philosophy and try and play around us. But hey, I'll take it, mate. I'll take those uh, little minor mistakes from managers. And if it means we win comfortably as we were, because I thought it was a really comfortable win. Yeah. I'll take that all day. We started really well, didn't we? And then there was that header from James Collins. I tell you what, I thought that boy they had in midfield on on Dewsbury Hall or whatever his name was. I think mm. he was on loan from Leicester. He was getting on the ball and, and his set pieces were, were really good. I think um, something made me laugh on Twitter. I think it was uh, Bluebird's Past, which is a good Twitter account, sharing loads of old old stuff, said... Jewsbury Hall looks like a place you take the missus and kids on a weekend, not a, <laughs> yeah. not a footballer. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in Cheshire somewhere. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, Jewsbury Hall on Saturday, love, yeah. <laughs> Jewsbury Hall by Tatton Park. <laughs> la da Yeah, which made me laugh. Take some picnics and strawberries. <laughs> Daniel. Oh, just, just take a bag of cans. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought 
he was putting in some good balls. And then I think we did go quite long, quite a lot last night. We were, and I, I want, you know, you wonder if, because Keith has got a partner with him now, it felt like under Harris we were trying not to go as long all the time. And definitely under under Mick as well. It's not it's not like I don't think we've become reverted back to being only a long ball team. I don't ever think we were only a long ball team, but I think we did go quite long a lot last night. The centre backs were were launching it at most opportunities, but you know, you play to what you've got and when Kiefer wins most things in the air, and you know, you're even seeing Josh Murphy win headers and you're thinking What's going on here? It, it just worked for us, didn't it, last night? It worked for us. Yeah. And, it, and it's worked for us uh, ever since he's come in, really, about so, that first half. You mentioned Josh Murphy there. You know, Josh has been at the club. I think he's played about 70 or 80 games now. I think he scored about eight or nine goals, something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. You know, personally, always thought he had bags of ability. Loved when he signed. Thought he'd end up as a centre-forward, my personal opinion. But Mick seems to be getting the tune out of him also. So, yeah. you know, and I, but I, I, I still think Josh is probably, I'm not saying he's, he, he's not trying. I'm, I mean, what he's playing at, of his potential, I think he's playing probably at about six out of ten. I think you, you've got another two or three gears in Josh where if you can get that, I've always said if you can get it, then you've got a, a, a serious, serious player. Do you know what I mean? But it's it's getting that consistency. And I would say it's difficult game in, game out, especially under the circumstances, the amount of games we're playing. But if he can get him to like an 8 out of 10 every week, you know, he'd, he'd be one of the most dangerous players in the in the championship. He should be for the money we paid for him, for the attributes he's got. Something we saw in, in the game before, the game on the weekend, which isn't a thing you associate with Josh Murphy, mm. is... You know, I was applauding at my laptop when he's gone back into our half and won a tackle. You're like, oh, yeah, well done, Josh. We love to see that. Look at Josh Murphy getting back there. Oh, hang on. He's just played a water ball. He's just played there. Oh, Kiefer's got a lot to do here. Kiefer skinned him and he stuck it in and we won the up. So, you know, you hope then those kind of messages get through that like, look, I'm not asking you just to track back for the sake of it, to look like you're trying. If you track back, win the ball in a situation where the opposition aren't expecting it because, you know, he, that was a hell of a tackle when they're attacking. You can launch a counter-attack move and, you've, you know, you, you've got that in your armoury, Josh, as well as the other players we've got, Ojo's, Wilson, to be making the most of, of counter-attack moves. So, yeah, you know, we're, we're seeing different things maybe from Josh Murphy now. But I, I agree, he's not at full speed, but, you know, does that come with a run of games? Because... He has only just come back into the team because I guess Ojo's injured at the moment. But Ojo was, you know, Ojo was in the Josh Murphy role, wasn't he? A couple of weeks ago, maybe even only a week a week ago, you know. If you were offered both of them, you take Ojo, right? He's, he's in good form. He's been consistent most of the season, right? He's he's been one of our biggest threats. I would see that as a challenge if I'm Josh, right? Yeah. To to because now you've got you know. Wilson, Ojo, Murphy, you've got three players who between them should all really minimal get the double figures. Yeah. And then if you've got your striker on 20, all right, there's, uh, we always say you're looking for your 50 goals. So you've got Wilson on 12 or 13, Ojo on 10, 12, 13, and someone like a Murphy on 10, 12, 
Then you've got your your striker on his twenty goals. Yeah. You know, there's your fifty. Then you you're looking at you're looking at your Volks and stuff like that. Then to chip in with their fives and sixes in the season, centre half with two or three. You're starting to get their seventies. Yeah. And uh, you know that's that's what's going to take for you to get into the playoffs and compete, basically, because you know I, I know now the the, the talk has switched to playoffs and what have you but you want you want to win it right second is you know okay you still get promoted and it's a great achievement playoffs is a roll of a dice right mm. if you win it great if you lose it longest season in history but i don't think we're capable of catching the top four uh, i really don't i think the points gap is too big and they would have to have a, a calamitous crash like all of them which i can't see but uh, three points off the playoffs, yeah, more than doable now. And Bournemouth are in a bit of a tailspin, isn't they? Yeah, it's Red, Redden and Bournemouth are the ones I think we're going to be looking to target. I mean, Redden won last night, but they yeah, played good Bristol, team. Redden, yeah, but they, you know they played Bristol City, so I don't think that really counts at the moment because they're just shocking, <laughs> aren't they? Do you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Dean Oldham, my old mate from Bolton, got uh, got sacked last night from there. He didn't did, he? yeah, so, uh, he did. Don't think that helped with the uh, the seven side derby result. Helped much. no, no, no. They should should have kept him in for a bit longer. I think our friends over in Bristol. So looking at the Coventry result and then the Luton result, it must have gone beyond your expectations, surely. Yeah, because you think I think you know we were chatting before the game last night. And they threw me saying. I do a little betting thing with my mates called Super Six, which I'm sure loads of listeners do. And you, it's a sky thing. No money. You just mm. you have a little league where you make you predict the results. I think I predicted two one City last night, but heart of hearts, I thought. Have you just done a little plug for someone there on our, <laughs> on our Super Six? So yeah. I, well, I yeah, hope they're yeah, paying yeah. us for that. Come on, I hope Sky, us. Sky, get in touch. <laughs> yeah, and, um, Sky bet. You know, sky bet. Jeff Snelling will be calling him tomorrow. Yeah, come on, Jeff. Um, <laughs> have a word. <laughs> we'd have anyone on Matt Letizia, Phil Thompson, Merson, whatever. As long as you're paying us, boys. Um, yeah. And in those pixie outfits from Christmas <laughs> too, please. <laughs> um. Just an anecdote there about Paul Merson because because we just mentioned him and that's how we work. Remembering when he signed for Walsall and remember going away to Walsall, the the Bescott Stadium, and City fans would always take it over. You know, you'd have the the end behind the goal, but we'd be on the side as well. And Merson yeah. just, you know, obviously he's getting stick because he's a big name and he's you know he's mm. he's got things it's easy to give him stick about from yeah. the crowd you know the problems of being a, a drinker or whatever were out in the media at the time but boy he, t- he took it well like he you know he's he's doing his like mocking drinking a pint to the fans and just having a laugh with the fans you know where yeah. some some players let it get on top of them but yeah he had a yeah. he had a good laugh with it yeah i i always i always felt like i remember going to um coventry with bolton like obviously, when it when 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 it gets racial, I, I just I, I just not I just that's just yeah, of course. flat wrong, right? Is because I've always said there's no need for it, but I always got the uh, the sheep shagger, right? Yeah. Obviously, being Welsh and what have you, and you know, so I remember playing against Coventry and we were we were beaten, I think two 0 I remember walking over to the one stand uh, we were attacking, and they were they were all giving me like you Welsh. Sheep, shagger, blah, 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 blah. 
10 of them chanting in a little group, yeah. right? And I was walking over towards, like, to receive a throw in. And the one lad just kept going, Blake, Blake, you love shagging sheep. You love shagging <laughs> sheep. You love it, don't you? So I just turned around and went, yeah. I said, I do. I shag them. I leave what I leave and you eat it. So how do you feel about that? And all his boys just turned ah! He was like, you wake up, Blake, out here. I was like, yeah, whatever, mate. Yeah, whatever. I was expecting him to be waiting for me because I dead went all ends up, mate. His boys just absolutely nailed him. So he was gutted. But, uh, you know, that that's what I call banter, right? Yeah. Exactly. That You've is gotta... what I call banter, where someone either gives you a one-liner, just silences you, or you're able to, to do it to them and, you know, you can have a bit of a laugh and they giggle yeah. about it afterwards, you know. So, exactly, um, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, that's what it's all memories. about. Some of, some of the form of our players, Dan, I, 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 was, yeah. I was looking at the, uh, the change in, obviously, the shape, the back, going to a back three, new goalkeeper coming in. NG and, and, and Bennett going to wing backs. I, you know, I, they, they just, you can see the work that's being done by the manager. I know a lot of people were critical of the manager, but I said, you know, I, I think he's the right person for the job. I think he's a really good person to have for what we need to build mm. from. And, and I really do hope that the, the hierarchy are looking at him, not just short term, but you know, and I, I don't mean long term as in five years, right? Not an Alan Pardew contract. Where no, had like those a days are gone. Ten year contract. Those days are gone. Or like, yeah, like Sam Allardyce at Bolton. Yeah, club. yeah, yeah. Less said the better, right? <laughs> uh, because look where they are now. Yeah. Uh, which is painful to watch. I think, like I say, the, the form of the boys, the new shape and what have you, I'm just finding it quite, no, I'm, I, I, even I'm a little surprised how well it's going. But then when I watch the performance, I'm not surprised at all. You know, the two goals yesterday recycled from, like, set pieces. Mm. And like we said, you said at the, the top of the programme, sexy. And I thought they were both very, very sexy goals. Yeah, they? yeah, yeah. Lovely little yeah. Uh, cushioned header from Flint as well. You know, talking about Nelson, who's been great, getting in the way of everything, like balls of steel. But um, I think Flint, the last two games, has been great, you know, just just really getting in the way of stuff, stepping up on people as well. Yeah, his confidence is coming back. You know, I think that first half of Barnsley, he, he looked a bit nervous. Uh, but now, you know, he, he's stepping up, he's getting in front of the striker. It's, it's good to see. You know, the interesting question is, we're, we're playing this shape now of the two up front and Wilson behind and then a couple of dogs in the middle, but who can play a bit and, the, and are getting goals. And if, if you're looking at the players we've got, in the squad to come back. You know, Tomlin played for the under-23s in the week. Ojo will be back at some point, clearly. Johnny Williams has just been signed. I think he'd be great, Johnny. Yeah. Hoyler Jr. as well. You know, I don't know where he is at the moment. He obviously, he did start Mick's first game. You're thinking, that's a lot of creative talent to fit into that um, number 10 role and, and the partner to Kiefer. So I suppose when we were playing... Under Harris, we we kind of had room for three of those in the team because we had, we had the wingers, I suppose. So we're never going to be lucky to have them all fit at the same time, are we? Because football doesn't work like that. But you know, if we did, wow, the options we'd have. Or or does he change? Does he change it then? Or does he? I, I think at the moment it's just about it was just about getting continuity, viewing or seeing all the players, and then playing to a system that 
you thought was best suited. Yeah. I think that's done now. I think then the progression is how you play. Uh, the progression is also then, you know, selecting different systems of play against different opposition. I mean, you know, go back three weeks, you wouldn't be thinking to yourself, oh, we could switch from a back three to a back four if we need to play Norwich or if we need to play Reading or something like that. Uh, And, you know, four weeks on, we're still not in that position. We're building towards, and that's what I'm saying, you build towards, you build your confidence first and foremost because without confidence, you could play... You know, 10 men at the back, you'd still concede, or 11 men up front, you'd still wouldn't score, right? That, that's where it is. So you're, you're building towards something. But I think you can then start to talk about moving forward on the shape and the opponent and what you're going to do, whether you're going to press, whether you're going to counterattack, whether you're going to sit in a deep defensive block, whether you're going to hit the mid block, whatever. Do you know what I mean? I think you can, uh, you can really start to get selective, but start the to build and put that down going forward in future. It, it, it's, it's weird. I was thinking last night, it, they would have been better going from a Neil Warnock to a Mick McCarthy. Because like I said, at the, when Mick first come in, Mick will play to the strength of what he has in, in his squad. Right? And he's decent recruitment. He's always had decent recruitment. But he'll play to what he's got in his squad. Now, what you're seeing is with the squad... Last you put together, you say by Neil Warnock and Neil Harris, is a different manager coming in and doing a lot better. I know it's early days, still not getting carried away, but I'm not getting carried away because I can see the changes on the pitch. Like I said, positionally and you know pressing at the right times mm. and stuff like that. So I'm not thinking this is just a flash in the pan. I think we'll be strong now towards all the way through to the end of the season. Will be difficult to beat. Because if you took last night's game, we looked quite comfortable. It was only that Collins header on about 15 minutes. Yeah. Apart from that, really, no, Luton created very little, you know. So transitional-wise, I would say, you know, this situation we're in now with Mick, I would say, end of the season, you don't want another upheaval. If you can, you want to try and get at least, at least, at least a year, you know, um, you probably have to give him two, but you know at least a year to continue the progression. And then you know when you think, oh right, it's coming to an end with Mick, or we want it to come to an end with Mick at this point or that point, you know then be looking to have your, your next manager uh, and players who you've um, got your eye on ready to recruit to uh, take the club forward to that next stage. But it, it is it is uh, it is promising. Shout shout out as well. I know we've mentioned him briefly before to Dylan Phillips. I think who's come in and just he's done nothing wrong really. He's you know he's made the saves. He's he's had to make. He's tipped stuff over the bar when he's had to. You know he made a good save against um, Coventry. I think tip, tipping one over the bar. He's he's come for crosses. He's he's punched when he's had to punch. He's got his hands on it when he's had to get his hands on it. Just looks looks like he's played Always in our played. team for ages. You know, <laughs> right. which is. Well, it's testament to the back three as well. Testament to the managers for, for giving them those, that confidence to be able to go out and perform that way. But, you know, testament to that back three, those, those, those three galoots at the back there. Also, the likes of, of Marlon Pack. Shout out to Marlon coming in yeah. and, and doing a job. But it was nice that players came in, different players came in, but you didn't feel like, 
oh, it, it, it's dipped a bit there or dipped yeah. a bit, which is the feeling you were getting before. And, and because players weren't confident, those players coming in were dipping even a bit lower than the players that were in a team, low on confidence already. So, you know, uh, I think I think it's been good. Another another big shout out is Perry NG. I think he's having, yeah. you know, he looks like he's been at the club again for the best part of two or three years rather than two or three months, you know? Yeah, totally. I think, I think that, that um, I liked when we signed Dylan Phillips and, you know, you obviously, you always like, oh, what are, what are the fans of his, the club we're buying him off saying? And, you know, Char- he was Charlton's player of the year. Okay, they went down, but look, David Marshall was Norwich's player of the year when Norwich went down and he didn't do too badly for us. And, um, mm. you know, Dylan Phillips, what Charlton fans were saying was, he's the best keeper we've had in years. And they included Nick Pope in that, you know, Burnley signed Nick Pope from Charlton and look how well he's doing now, you know, vying for the England number one spot. And, you know, Charlton fans were saying they thought Dylan Phillips had as much, if not more potential than Nick Pope. So, you know, and he's, what a, he's had a great start, hasn't he? He's had a great start. So, Yeah. Well, it's all about competition makes you better. As a player, you know, I need, you know, Phillips is obviously sat there waiting for, his opportunity, Smithies goes down, unfortunately. Phillips steps in, bang, it's my shirt. Yeah. Right? And I love that when Mick McCarthy said last night, hey, listen, I've just come in here. Every shirt is up for grabs. Right? Smithies had it. Unfortunately, no, no fault of his own, goes down injured. Phillips comes in. You, what you can do, if, especially trust and loyalty, is massive with players is then say, ah, oh, well, I'm new in, but no, he is my number one. Well, no, let him fight for it. Yeah. Right? And unfortunately, you've gone down, just like if Phillips goes down now and you go in and do well, it's yours, right? But that's the nature of the beast. That is healthy competition. That is what most players, some players don't like it, but most players thrive on it, right? So it's no different to being like Spencer boys under 10s, right? I want to be the best player I want to be the main man I mean and when we come up against uh, Mays Glass United and their main man you know I want to show how much better I am than him that carries through all the way till you finish playing mate honestly so it's it's great to see just a big shout out as well to Volksy and that Techers on that volley, yeah. that sweet, and the backs are my love in the backs of my sock. By the way, uh, triple axle, I would like to see in the next, please, Volksy. Talk to I'd us like about to um, goal celebrations, then, Nath. Did you have a like a set goal celebration? Do you do at different times, or uh, I, I would, I would, I would change um, uh, the. It's 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 the moment, like. If I watch back goals now, I can't remember doing celebrations. <laughs> I'd be like, what was I doing there? Like I've seen yeah. a few, I've done the old backflip or back somersault. So, hey, what the hell am I doing there? Or like, you just run like, I remember, I, I think there's one where I've, I've scored, a, I think it was against Swansea. And I run towards uh, the main stand at Ninian. And like, when I watch it, I can't remember it, doing yeah. it. I just totally lose your mind. And I think that's that's, especially when it's like, Competition, big rivalries like against Wrexham in those days and, and Swansea and things like that. And you score, you just get transported, mate. <laughs> you know, some people do things, you think, look yeah. at him, what's he doing? Honestly, you just, you lose your mind. You, you do. There's the iconic picture from the Man City game where you've just got your, you're like your two hands in the air, like, he is risen. Mm. 
Like, <laughs> but there's mm. the um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew we were yeah. going to beat them though. That celebration was more of a. I told you so. Yeah. Now do you believe, right? Yeah. Because now like, you're going to believe us, and I can. Yeah, you, you speak to your mates and all that, and your mates are like, "Oh, you know, massive game. Oh, you know, you, you go, David Rowe Castle, God rest him. Yeah. Oh, he's player, and this Keith Gill, and then, and in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we'll see. Only my best yeah. friend, Kevin, my best mate, Kevin Williams, his name. He's uh, we've been best friends since we were six. He knows me better than any person on this earth, right? He, he, don't let my wife hear. Kev, said, we'll have to but, get you on for a special. <laughs> yeah, man, get him on. He, he, he coaches athletics, but no matter what, speaking to him, I always knew I'm I, I, I'm the best. He would talk to me like without like bullying me up and all that. Yeah, just speaking to someone who knows you inside out, gives you that confidence because they're telling you, oh, remember when you done that? And remember you done this? And yeah, yeah. And uh, you're too quick for him and too bad. And, you know, it's, a, it's like a confident, a confidant. Yeah. You know, a great person to have by your side. What, what a person like that does is like an outward inner voice because it's the stuff that you know, but can be tough to tell yourself, I suppose, because, Absolutely. you know, you, you don't want to believe your own hype. Yeah, because you want to stay humble, right? Yeah, of course. You want to keep your feet on the ground. And the best thing is in a dressing room, you want to be one of the lads. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Being a, being, you know, you get all types of characters, but the dressing room, everyone's character's left at the door. You'll come in here and it's just jokes, right? It's just absolute jokes. So, uh, yeah, good good, good times, mate. But started with the, the techers on Volksy's goal and... Uh, the celebration. Listen, yeah. two goals, beautiful, great performance. So yeah. uh, nice for Harry to get a goal as well because he hasn't scored for a while. Uh, I know no. he's like king of the assists. You know, I don't think he really suffers with with a lack of confidence, really, Harry Wilson. But it's lovely to see the ball hit the back of the net. Yeah, I, I can see him growing in this squad. I, I can see him by maybe by next month him being like an integral piece of the jigsaw. Right, I think it's players like him who can make the difference between you getting promoted and not getting promoted. So, yeah, really hoping that um, last night's goal kicks him on because, like you say, his assist record is brilliant. Uh, but I would like to see a few more goals from him because, yeah. as you seen last night, what he's capable of that left foot is like a wand, mate. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful thing when it's in. It's like poetry in motion. So, and an exciting thing to think that. We could have Tomlin to come on for the last twenty minutes, which was all he needed last end of last season. Really, He'd come on for two Absolutely. minutes, defense split yeah. and pass, or yeah. pop up, pop up with a goal, and then be like, mm-hmm. oh, "I'm done now. I'm yeah. off, lads. I've uh, done my yeah. business. Outcomes. I'm outcome led." <laughs> yes. <right. laughs> so remember, we're at uh, we're at Swaz Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Remember to like us, share, and comment, and subscribe. So uh, let's move on, D. Let's let's move on to our fantastic Bluebird fans and 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 see what they're saying. Let's, yeah, let's, let's this is my favourite part of the show. Let's have some questions. So see what they're saying. Let's have some questions. So some of them, really, we we've kind of covered in the general discussion. So Luke Lloyd Taylor, would we bring Smithies back in or stick with Phillips? LLT. Yeah, good to have you on, mate. He'd stick with Phillips. I think we kind of discussed that, really, haven't we, Luke? So, yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, you you, you can't. Um, I would stick with Phillips as as good as Smithies has been. 
all I say is when you replace someone with someone, that player has to play up to a certain standard. And Phillips, in fairness to him, has played up and above that standard. And you can't argue, you know, since coming on, we, we've not lost. We, we've won every game. So a good question now from Bluebirds Past, who I mentioned earlier, actually, one of my favourite City Twitter accounts. Right, saying, Bluebirds um, Past. <laughs> Hiya, mate. I remember those days. <laughs> Going to Mansfield. Yeah, getting, getting smacked in a year on a cold day. I oh, days. Mansfield, Mansfield. I went, remember going there, Field Mill, is it, the ground, when we, um, it was a promotion party, but I couldn't get a ticket in the city away end, so I was in the Mansfield end. You, you had to have a Nottingham address to, or Nottinghamshire address to get a ticket in there, so everyone was like calling up aunties or whatever. And there were about <laughs> five, 500 City fans in the Mansfield end, so they like made a, they were like, ah, oh, look, just all be together. So they, they kind of like cordoned us off in the Mansfield end. The Mansfield <laughs> fans obviously like were not best pleased about it because we were in that their end. Not a lot um, to do about it though, is it? <laughs> yeah, there's, lo- <laughs> lo- <laughs> there's loads of us like. Uh, and? <laughs> and we lost 3-0, but we were already promoted. And um, there's just funny footage of the day that was like played on, on the news after that my dad's mate Robbie was just on the pitch Short, short bloke from the valleys, top man Robbie, and uh, he was all over the telly cause, uh, running on the pitch. So that was uh, he's famous. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a funny day out, Mansfield scabs. <laughs> brought back some memories for you, yeah. right, son. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Bluebirds passed your question. Yeah, Sky commentators last night were saying the players were arguing in the first in the first training session. So how impressive is it? what Mick and TC have done in boosting morale and confidence so quickly. And have you ever experienced anything like that, Nath, where, you know, squad at a bit of war, new boss comes in and turns stuff, turn stuff around? I would say my worst experience of that was when I signed for Blackburn Rovers <laughs> yeah. for like five million quid. And it was like, I left Bolton where we'd had a great dressing room. It, 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 the dressing room had changed a bit. Players like Big J Taggart, good friend of mine, had gone. I was no longer up front with McGinley. You know, uh, the championship side was being broken apart. And, and then I got sold to Blackburn. So you're thinking, right, great move, great club. Recently won the Premier League, but, oh, man, there was a lot of, lot of, lot of shite in there. Really, yeah. um, you know, they were towards the bottom of the table, but still thinking that they were Premier League champions, like, you know, and uh, I remember signing there and feeling so unwanted, not by players, but certain members of staff, certain board members, but I could feel it from them. Roy Hodgson was the manager, and I remember, I think it was like my the first day of training <laughs> and I think it was the morning session and uh, it was like everyone had to come together it was like about 25 of us and Roy just started kicking off about something that had happened and someone one of the players had gone behind his back and stuff like that <laughs> and gone to the board and and he was like calling him out Roy was fair enough, fair wow. play he was saying come on come on say it now whoever it is blah 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 because he obviously knew it was but he was challenging the person to yeah. show some balls, right? But they never. And I had an inkling, even though I'd been there for a few hours, I had an inkling of what I thought it was. 
I, I'm good at sussing people out. So you set out where the ringleaders are and what have you. Yeah. And uh, I just remember then we done an afternoon session and it absolutely teamed down with rain, right, in the Ribble Valley. It absolutely lashed it down. I had this heavy kit on. I just remember getting back in the dressing room because I think we finished at about 10 to 5. It was getting dark, right? Because <laughs> we couldn't get this, what Roy wanted us to do, this pattern to play. We couldn't get it down. We got it in the end. So, like, he sent this in after about two hours. And I remember sat there just looking over, uh, sat with my head bent over and watching the water drip off my nose onto the carpet <laughs> and thinking, what have I done? Like, <laughs> what have I done? I've left a fantastic dressing room and this dressing room is is not the best, mate. Right? It's not good. You know, uh, Some other people might disagree, but my own personal opinion was... It is poisonous in here. It's a poison mm. chalice, mate. And I, I actually felt for Roy, mm. really felt for him. And then I think it was about four or five weeks later, they, they sacked him, like, you know. So, uh, yeah, I, I've had that experience, mate. I've had that experience to, well, you know, brings me chills now just thinking about <laughs> it. I was thinking, oh, uh, you know, I had a great club, uh, treated me well and what have you. But, you know, like I said, there's certain members of the, staff there and then um, I think they brought in Brian Kidd which was just like a train wreck mate absolutely yeah. train wreck yeah great player great number two but number one hey nah it's not some people are meant to be number ones some people are meant to be number twos Alex Ferguson you're meant to be a number one or Sir Alex Ferguson shall I say yeah Brian Kidd you're meant to be number two right and uh, yeah just one from one disaster to another, basically, a blackbird. <laughs> it's a nightmare. So, yeah, I have. Yeah, great question. I love that. Great question. Bit of a story for you as well. Tony Rivers just saying, you know, absurd, really, that we can start to think of the playoffs and, you know, tough few weeks ahead, but we've got freaky momentum, which we have. We, ha- we have. We have. We've got great momentum. Absolutely. And you look at the next three games, Preston, Bournemouth and Borough. Uh, Borough won last night. Okay, yeah. Preston are a bit inconsistent at the moment and Bournemouth are on a bit of a tailspin. So we all think we're going to win every game, right? But yeah. in realistic terms, you know, Preston at home, well, you should be, if you want to get in the playoffs, you have to beat them. You have to beat teams like that. Uh, Bournemouth away, well, on their day, they can, they've probably got the best squad in the league. On the day, they can beat anyone in our league, but lack of confidence at the moment, go and take advantage. And then Borough, the same. There's obviously the, the, the Warnock factor is then just go and deal with them. So, yeah, I think we, we there's a lot of points to play for, Dan. Yeah, I think last week we said, you know, we were eight points off the playoffs, but there was 54 points to play for. I think um, with that Bournemouth game now, which which is next when which is Wednesday coming, if we can be within three points of them, for that game, you know, if we can get something from the, not just get something from the Preston game, but but win the Preston game, you know, the pressure then for Bournemouth to think if we lose this game or even if we draw it, depending on results up to then, we're out of the playoffs and this lot are in the playoffs. Who knows who Bournemouth will have in charge that day? Yeah, pressure, pressure, pressure. And look, that's what that, that that's the difference, uh, Dan. Is I say to people all the time. Remember, like. Players are people, right? Managers are people, right? And, you know, 
everybody at some stage or another gets nervous or feels pressure or whatever. So now if you're a Bournemouth player, you know you're not in good form. You know, you might find if we beat Preston and we, we, we go to Bournemouth, you might find Bournemouth staff for 15 minutes on fire. But that usually comes with a team that's not really confident because what they're hoping to do is knock you out like a boxer in the first round. When they don't succeed, they know, right, if we go four or five, if we go into like 50, 60 minutes, this team, we've seen they're big, they're powerful, they're on a roll, their confidence is high. You know, they, they're already questioning themselves before they even go into the game, whereas Cardiff are going into the game thinking, right, let's just steamroller them. Let's, let's just go and beat them. Uh, and I think that that is the difference at the moment is... Who, who asked the question again? Uh, Tony Rivers. Tony Rivers. Great, great, great shout with the momentum, Tony. That, that is... A, it's a huge part. Confidence and momentum, huge, huge part of football. Right, what else we got? Yeah, Miles Evans, yeah? Miles. Welcome, welcome. Do we think we can keep hold of either or both of Wilson and Ojo beyond this season? And Miles, as we would, would be gutted for them and the fans if they didn't get to play in front of a packed Cardiff City Stadium. What do you reckon? Yeah, that, so looking forward to the fans coming back. Oh, yeah. one. But the likes of Wilson and Ojo, listen, I, I think it'd be difficult to keep them. Not so much Harry. I think I think we can I think we can play the old Welsh card as well, right? And the old build a squad around you. But then that comes with its own pressure. <laughs> Take mm. it from me. Being the lead player is, is is a massive pressure. So I think I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility. I think Ojo probably the form he's in and other players, other teams, sorry, will will uh, be watching. And what I would say to Harry is, well, I would say to both of them is, you know, find a home. Going out on loan, going out on loan, going out on loan. It's okay. It's it's great to build towards becoming more experienced and understanding the division. But, mate, lay down roots, find a home, you know, uh, because, you know, there's, there's... like players at Chelsea, been out on loan for like six years. Yeah, you know, seventy. And I'm like, you know, that's what happens is then they eventually become tiresome going out on loan because they get fed up of it. They've not got a home, and then what happens? Their form suffers. Then at the end of their six-year contract at Chelsea, they're playing in League One or League Two because they've been exhausted by playing for this club in the Championship, that club in the Championship, this club in the Championship. A good example, I would say Izzy Brown. Great player, right? Really great player. We've seen him out on loan at several different clubs. Uh, I think I think he might be at Wednesday now. Mm. I think Sheffield Wednesday. But clearly, like, still a great player. But that never finding a home and a base and saying, right, I'm going to become the main man here and I'm going to sit here for three or four or five years. You know, family... Kids in school, get to know the area, get them, and hey ho, I might just settle here for the rest of my life. That, that, that's what I think is important. But uh, yeah, if, if we could grab them, then yeah, I would definitely sign both of them. I think um, Izzy Brown was 24 last month, and, and Harry and Ojo are 24 this year as well. You know, by the end of the season, they'll be 24, and you know, with the best one in the world, it's not going to work out for them at Liverpool, is it? And Liverpool are just going to want 
to Max to get the most money they can for them. I'm sure they wanted to sell him last summer. You know, we know they did with Harry Wilson. I'm sure they'll want to sell him this summer. So This is what I was saying before, uh, uh, years ago, when I used to do the boot room show, when people thought I was nuts when I said, um, go and uh, make a play for Aaron Ramsey from Arsenal. Like, people were, like, laughing me out of town, right? But it, it's, it's, I'm saying it's part of a plan. Like, I'm a player. I, I don't just... Players don't just sign for you. They want to know, OK, well, what's the plan? Like, what, what are we going for? Yeah. You know what I mean? Are we fighting relegation? Are we, are we trying to freaking just get mid-table security? Or are we going for it? Do you know what I mean? And I think also signings give other players the, the, the knowledge that they're going for it or they're, they're just solidifying or... Do you know what I mean? You've got your defenders, you can add to that. You've got midfielders, you need creativity in midfield. But then you've got these players who can play in 10 positions and wide who are very creative. You also need cover striker, need another striker for me. But yeah, you, 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 you get footballers on board and you sell them the dream, the idea, the plan, and you bring them in and you start to build towards that, whatever that plan is, right? And signing players like old Joe, signing players like Wilson... Yeah, I would I would definitely be putting together... I would already have had my plan in place. They would be part of it. And I'd be showing them how they're going to be part of it in the future. And obviously, they'd be under that similar plan. They'd be supporting Gareth Bale, who we sign on loan in the summer, because it hasn't worked out for him at Tottenham. He's going to be going back to Madrid. <laughs> <laughs> he's, going to be going, he's going to be going back to Madrid. Listen, they, we ain't got that, They don't want him. Hey, Vincent Tag got that, buddy. Listen. <laughs> well, you, need some, you need some Amazon money for that. Yeah? <laughs> what, we'd be, what, we're, what we'd be relying on there is everyone being vaccinated, and because all of Tan's money is in the entertainment industry, it's the proper roaring 20s. By the summer transfer window, everyone's just out all the time, spending their money in his in his businesses all over Malaysia, smashing loads of McDonald's down their face, whatever else it is he owns, driving luxury cars. <laughs> so my message to the people of Malaysia is, go and have a Big Mac, have a chicken nugget side, you deserve a new car, and then maybe we'll be able to sign Gareth Bale in the summer. Because <laughs> yeah. what, what, what else is he going to do, though, you know? Where else is he going to go? Back to Madrid. My message, my message is, I want to go Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> my best friend, Kev, who I spoke to earlier, he's, he's an athlete, like yeah. Darren and them. Uh, he went to Kuala Lumpur, and uh, he does. He just didn't shut up about it for about two years. Right? And we, we were, you know, we were going to go. Yeah. I think now, after lockdown, the boys have changed and they're like, right, let's get up and get out. So uh, that could be one of the places. We'll, we'll do a Swaz live for all our Malaysian fans. Um, Easy for Vincent to just come on as a live guest then. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll do it at his, yeah. uh, happily do love it. Love to have him on, love to have him on. What I would love, though, is to get to know the real him. So we do yeah. have to go to Malaysia to his Bond villain-style yeah. lair to, uh, to meet him because... Yeah, you know, like, I'd be I'd be making I'd be disappointed if we didn't have some of those. Uh, what's that film? Longest yeah, cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on some of them cheeseburgers, man. It's making me hungry, this because we're doing this around. Yeah, man, it's just yeah. gone twelve now. So if you can hear our tummies rumbling, it's because we're starving. We get so many questions every week that it's tough for us to answer them all. But it is the um, it's it's our favorite part of it, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, it's 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 what it's what matters most, mate. And I think like we were discussing before we came on the show today, 
I think next week we'll do just a, a, a dedication to fans, fans' questions and just question, answer. They'll be talking about, obviously, the Preston games and um, the Bournemouth game. So I think we should just dedicate the whole show to just riffing off fans' questions, yeah? Yeah, definitely. So we'll stick that out. We'll stick that out on, on our Twitter and Facebook. Any questions about the team? Any questions about football, about life? Anything you want to ask, get them in. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about all sorts. Current Cardiff City, Nathan's memories, all bits and pieces. Nathan's memories gone, mate. <laughs> <laughs> during, during the war. All right, Nate. All right, mate. When I was a lad. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Yeah, okay. Oh, he's banging on again. Um, yeah. <laughs> always keep those questions coming. We did, a, we did a little poll at the end of the game last night to say... That's what yeah. Tony Tony Rivers was riffing off, you know, playoffs, yes or no. We had a fair few people voted, and look, it was seventy five percent saying yeah, we're going to make them. Twenty five percent saying no. Look, obviously, we asked when everyone's adrenaline and dopamine was rushing around their brains <laughs> after yeah. a you know another win. But um, what it does is it shows the optimism out there now, doesn't it? You know, if you'd have asked that a few weeks ago. It's, uh, are we going to get relegated or not? And you'd probably have 75% saying yes and 25% no. Because, look, Cardiff City fans, when we're having a bad run, we we can get up, we can be miserable about things as well, can't we? So uh, it's it's nice to be optimistic. It's nice to be looking up. It's nice to be, uh, you know, dreaming of better days. Exactly, mate. Exactly, exactly. So is that it? Is it? Are we done for the fans' questions? Yeah, I think we're done. I think we're done. We'll have a little. Um, we'll have a little top five. You know that we like to share tunes we've been buzzing to, jiving to absolutely. that week, which is on Spotify. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. So, so remember, get all your questions in. Right? Any questions? Anything you want to discuss? Any stories you have, or anything like that? Get them into us at Swazpod on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, like, share comment subscribe just just get the questions into us and next week we're gonna have a an hour or just over an hour just chatting about and riffing off your questions and um your concerns or what you're buzzing about or wherever so get the questions into us asap but as daniel just mentioned right a final part of what we do we've got the uh the top five this is the part of the show where we we exchange gifts, shall we say. I'm like Balthazar. Yeah. Exchanging. <laughs> I bring frankincense to you, my friend. I got, a, I got a bit Always of myrrh for you, yeah. Yes, uh, <laughs> I'm not sure. But anyway, as always, Dan, please kick us off with your uh, your fave top five. Give us your uh, top five little tracks. Because yeah. I've, I've gone with some dressing room beats this week. Oh, nice. So it's a bit hip-hoppy-fied. I like it. I'm just riffing now off the top of my head because I haven't thought of some. So what we're going to have, number one, Shed 7, Going for Gold, which is like a 90s Britpop anthem. Is that Henry Kelly in that? <laughs> Hello, welcome to Going for Gold. Uh, we have content... What? Yeah, what Hello, a, what, a, <laughs> what a thing that was, though. Like, considering now we're out of the EU and that was like... A, you can see the planning meeting for that is like, look, we need a game show that brings people from across Europe together in trivia. Yeah. You know, they'd be like, oh, here's Vanessa from Belgium. Welcome. <laughs> yeah, going for gold. That that was a proper mitching off school. 
uh, watch that was <laughs> going for gold. Go on, sorry, uh, yeah, mate. so uh, no, I love that. Shed seven going for gold with uh, a cameo from Henry Kelly. I'm gonna have <laughs> two songs from Wales now. So Patio Song by Gorky's Psychotic Monkey, which is just a classic, again a nineties tune. I'm gonna go for a sixties Welsh tune now called A Browd Houdini by Mike Stevens. I said a few weeks ago that I've got a podcast I produce for BBC Sounds called The Story of Music about Welsh language music. You can listen to that. Both of those tracks are on there. So that's three. I'm gonna go for the white stripes. Nice bit of rock and roll with, what will we go for? We'll go for Fell in Love with a Girl, which is just a nice... You realise our listeners want to play this music. Mate, and... these are like absolute bangers. Like <laughs> whether, it's, whether it's going out with their boys or girls or, 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 or get, just getting everybody going like, hey, come on, Daniel, man, shape up, son, shape up. I, I mean... Give me something I can dance to. Can I dance to any of those tracks? Yeah, 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 mate. I'd be dancing Are you sure? to those all the time, yeah. I've been at weddings where the... I'm going to be doing some James Brown shuffle and, and shit like that. Are you sure I can move to those I tracks? I promise you. I promise okay, you, you can. Mate. So, Top look, that, that was four. So, number five, James Brown, get on up. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. It's something I can dance to. Now, now you're talking my language. <laughs> now you're talking my language. Because the others... Whilst they might be great tunes, if you can dance, oh, are they? Are they? Have uh, got a bit of love? In oh there? yeah. So so going for gold shed seven. That's a that's a. You've been you've been out with your mates. You've been down the city. You're on the beers. Your mate gets to the jukebox at half ten. Sticks on a bit of a terrace anthem. Your arms are in the air. Your lager's swelling all over the place. That's going for gold. Proud Houdini is a bit of like a, you're getting ready. is a nice little riff. La, la. Getting ready, picking okay. your clothes for the day at the football. Okay. Fell in love with a girl is just like a proper like rock anthem. Whilst they have patio song, that's a little bit mm-hmm. like wistful with your missus. My mate had it as the first dance at his wedding. And, you know, James Brown, that's when uh, James Brown, you're sticking that on when you've won four games in a row and you're having a little dance around your living room. The king, the numero. Yeah, man. Well, we got dressing room anthems, yeah? Yeah, dressing room, like game day uh, beats, I would say. So, like, the kind of music you get, like, pre-match to get you in the mood. So the first one's uh, Timberland and Magoo. All Y'all, it's called. All Y'all. I imagine uh, Roy, Roy Hodgson used to play that, I'd say, in the Blackburn dressing room, did he? <laughs> <laughs> y'all which one have you been talking about me <laughs> <laughs> was it me sir uh, the second one is uh, the legendary Q-Tip uh, oh, yeah. Breathe and Stop from uh, tri- probably... Tribe Called Quest is he well we've got a Tribe Called Quest as well oh. you've got it Daniel yeah, I like man likes his music you see um, yeah Breathe and Stop is the second Breathe and Stop you got it, D. I know it. I know it. Yeah. <laughs> what was that little move to the left then as well? It was like, that was my little. That was my little. I thought, you to, I thought you were trying to do that. that, that thing <laughs> like the brothers do. You know what I mean? <laughs> what I would, what I would say to the listeners though: don't stop breathing. Just keep doing it. It's uh, yeah. It's uh, yeah. essential. <laughs> so number two, Q-tip, breathe and stop. Number three, Foxy Brown featuring Drew Hill. Oh, Big yeah. bad mama. Fantastic. Bang in tune, really up tempo. 
number four, we've got a tribe called Quest, Electric Revelation, uh, uh, Relaxation, sorry. And number five, we've got the legend, uh, one of my all-time favourites is Tupac, California Love. California love. Hopefully we don't have to pay royalties for that. <laughs> I don't think we do. Yeah. But that's that's uh he's he's one of my favourite ever at this. So that's our top five. That's my top five. Daniel's top five for this week. So um, nice. Have a listen. Get on the Spotify. Have a listen because there's there's plenty of tracks on it now. So if you're into the R and B soul, you know, rare groove sort of vibe, plenty on there for you. If you're into the eclectic, more eclectic kind of crossover, a bit of different genres, as in Welsh language speaking and not. And Daniel's providing some fantastic tunes that side. So remember, we're at Swaz Pod on Twitter. Remember to like, share, and comment and subscribe. Another good show, Dan. Really good. We're like Mick McCarthy winning every week. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. And uh, see you next time. Yeah, absolutely. Have a great day. Have a good week. Peace and love, peeps. Blue birds. Stories make the world. That is how the world works. We live inside stories. I think a good story has to make you feel emotional. It's got to touch the real core of you as a person. I think the key thing is that stories need to come from different people. Every time I read a good story, it gives me a different perspective of the world. And it's a how we imagine an alternative. Stories are at the heart of all great moments of change. So that's how we perceive the world. It's how it makes sense to us. We can't live without stories. If you want to tell your story, get in touch with Work in Word on hello at workinword.co.uk.